Virginia STEM Conference presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean, sit down with DJ, owner of Tech3 Productions and head of diversity and inclusion for Aerotech, Donnell Campbell, aka DJ Smooth. Up first is Corning Incorporated's manager of technical talent pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Next is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lango Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, Donnell Campbell. Growing up in Detroit in the 80s and 90s, he was surrounded by the ever-growing popularity of hip-hop. During this time, his passion for diversity and inclusion began to grow due to his diverse living environment. This combination of experiences has cultivated into him becoming the hip-hop DNI guy. Campbell has been a DJ for 24 years and received the stage name DJ Smooth early on due to his ability to blend music. Using his performance experience, Campbell has been able to build a special company where everyone is accepted, valued, equal, and therefore inspired and empowered to be a positive change agent throughout our communities. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean. Thank you so much, Brandon. And since it's still January, I can say Happy New Year to you and to everyone, and certainly to our guest today, Mr. Donnell Campbell. How are you, uh, Mr. Campbell? Uh, Dr. Vaughn, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm really excited about our conversation today. We've had the great fortune of carving out time every Sunday now for about six, seven months for High Tech Sunday, but this is a first. I have never had the opportunity to speak with an entertainer, an entrepreneur, a DNI leader, and so this is gonna be fun. And just hearing the intro by Brandon and DJ Smooth, you know we've got to talk about how all of that came together. Uh, but before I get ahead of myself, we really like to have the opportunity to learn more about the journey uh, that our guests have been on. And so we start out with, a, I guess, a provocative question, and that is, how would you respond to someone asking you, who is Donnell Campbell? You, what's your background, and how did you get started in this journey? We're going to talk about STEM and DJing, but how did it all begin? Well, Dr. Vaughn, thanks for the question. Um, I... I cannot talk about me being me without referencing uh, my beautiful mother, God rest her soul, Lois Campbell. Um, that's how I, that's who I am. That's who I will always be, and that's where you know I, I do everything every single day to make sure that I am being the man that she raised me up to be. So um, you know I, I have to start there because that that's where it all started from for me. So. My background is actually um, not very complicated, but it is definitely one that I feel like every story has its unique twist to it. But uh, born and raised in the city of Detroit, uh, been here all my life. I, I'm a lover of everything that is Detroit. Um, and I was uh, definitely, if, if you know anything about Detroit, about it being Motown, when they talk about Motown, what, what part that probably gets lost sometimes is just how much of a diverse musical culture you have. 
in this area. So it's not just about Motown. It's also about techno. It's also about uh, Latin music. It's also about everything you could possibly think of. Salsa, merengue. Like there's so many different uh, type of music you can hear here and, and be a part of. And so I've been around music my entire life, born and raised in the church. So, um, you know, I played drums growing up. So that was uh, maybe the first start for me when you talk about really getting into that space and starting to enjoy music in, in various different ways and different ways to play it. Um, I was fortunate. I was fortunate to be the, the guy who carried up the crates back in the day. I'd have the record crates and carry them up the stairs with the other DJs who were really the performers. And, um, you know, I was learning from some of the best um, that, that I feel like at the time. There were really just some, some great gentlemen who knew that it was all about paying it forward. And, and that came at a time for me where uh, as hip hop and, and rap started to become more popular, um, I fell in love with that, that, that style of music uh, because it was what I was being raised around and, and, and those type of things. So a little bit of mix from the church, but then also, you know, hip hop as well was really what kind of took me to the place where I wanted to be. So um, I'm, a, I'm a father. Um, of, of four beautiful children. I'm a grandfather uh, of two, uh, which is, uh, is, is just as wonderful. Um, it, it feels good to spoil them from time to time as well. Um, and I'm also a soon to be a husband for the second time around um, in, in October of this year. So uh, many, many different things, but you know, when you talk about how it started and how we got to this point, it really, ha I, I can't stress enough of how much it is about being raised in a household with a mother who made sure she stressed to me that um, a couple of things. One, um, you know, put God first. Number two, uh, make sure that you represent yourself well. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter if it's the, the CEO of a, uh, of a company or someone that is out, and out on their luck on the streets. You need to be able to speak to that person and speak to the person that's at that high level and everybody in between. Anything other than that is, uh, is, is, is not acceptable. And understand that you're never above or below anybody else. You are right there with them because you that very well could be you. And, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of close out with this. Her, one of her favorite sayings is count your blessings, name them one by one. Um, and, and, and I try to make sure that I live by that creed every single day when I wake up because I know that it's a blessing to wake up every day. It's not, it's not just given. Wow, thank you so much for sharing a bit of that journey. You won't believe this, but uh, I am a pastor in addition to the work that I do uh, in talent pipelining and being a technical uh, scientist by training myself. But this past Sunday, I sang that song. It's an old hymn uh, um, or congregational song, Count Your Blessings. Uh, and I couldn't let it go, all three verses, uh, because of the fact that early in this year, uh, it is certainly, especially after uh, our experiences of last Wednesday, uh, easy for you to forget how blessed you are. Mm -hmm. uh, and so counting your blessings, I am with you on that one daily, uh, we have reason to be thankful. So you, you mentioned that you were um, a young musician, actually, in the church. Uh, and so really, really glad for the legacy that you carry from your mother, even to this day. Uh, but how was your own spirituality? We, we talk about different levels of spirituality uh, on High Tech Sunday, but how has your spirituality actually informed and influenced your journey, both as a entertainer, uh, as an entrepreneur, and, and as a DNI leader? Um, 
Dr. Vaughn, that's a great question. Uh, so for me, um, everything that I do has to have some ethics behind it. Um, they, that, that means something to me. Um, you know, I don't think it's just about making a dollar. Um, you know, sometimes in this business, uh, people will take any type of opportunity or as we like to call them gig put in front of you. Um, and, and that's just not who I am. That's not who my company is. Um, our, our tagline is perfecting the art of great customer service, but that, that, that service comes with making sure that we have the right clientele that we want to work with. I have declined business because it doesn't align with my, my goals and, and, and to that, that point of just the things that are important to me and my family. I, I, I believe that you should be able to stand on whatever work that you do um, and be able to, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, be able to look back on it and stand proud. And more importantly, for your children to be able to look back on that work and be proud of the work that you've done in that space. So whether that's being a DJ, whether that's being the work that I've done in the DNI space, um, that's one of the, the key reasons or how I, you know, one of my focuses on why I got into the DNI space as well is not only because I have passion for this space, but, but ultimately because uh, things are about legacy for me at this point in my life. And my legacy, I would love for it to be one of all the things that my mother taught me to be as a man, but also, more, you know, just as important is having my grandchildren be able to say the level of difference that I made in the world and trying to leave it better than what it was before I got here. So that, that's just where that, that, those two paths kind of intersect that for me because it, it drives everything I do every single day, day in and day out. And, and you know, I've always tried to find myself to be um, an ethical man and, and, and make sure that I continue to you know, stay in that spirit and whatever it I do, it doesn't matter if it's DJing or whether it's DNI. Thank you. So let's jump into these, these uh, the D&D, if you will, the, the DNI <laughs> and the DJing. I guess we should first make sure that uh, we unpack for folks uh, when we speak of DNI. Uh, can you define that acronym and then talk to us about your work? What is your primary role uh, in that particular space? Absolutely. So um, what we're really talking about is diversity and inclusion, but really, um, as we start to expand out in this space, we're really, we're really talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and, and that's a, a key component of it as well of the work that we do. Um, in, in this space, a large part of it is making sure people have a voice. And that's where I like to start with things that, because um, we can, and I, I use, you know, various different things that I, I, I talk to my, to my team and my leaders about as far as what it means to be these various different things. When we talk about diversity, um, I always go down the path of diversity is not an option. Um, you know, you don't get to pick whether or not you can be a diverse individual or not, because we can talk about diversity as it looks from your race. It can be about uh, sex, gender, um, just even diversity of thought. So diversity is always going to be around you no matter what, whether you want it to be or not. There's always going to be the diverse thing because two people can be raised in the same household, grow up the exact same way, and, and think two very different ways. So there's always going to be that diversity there. Um, the equity component of it is where I talk about, you know, a lot of my, a lot of times with my folks is that the equity and equality sometimes get mixed up, and I always like to make sure that I am um, being very clear about those two things because equity is, I mean excuse me, equality is more about sameness, where equity is more about, equity is about fairness. 
And so what we want to you know, continue to drive in this space is making sure that everyone has a fair opportunity to get whatever their long-term goals is. And then lastly, when you think about the, the inclusion component of it, um, I, I use it as, you know, when we talk about DJing and dancing, I say, hey, you can, you can invite people to the party. That, that, that's an, that, you know, you're including them by inviting them to the party. But if you want to be inclusive, you're going to invite them to the dance floor with you as well. You're not going to just invite them to the party. You're going to bring them on the dance floor with you as well, because now you're actually making them a part of everything that's going on. I'm so glad that you actually made that distinction. We've been having, of course, conversations about race uh, and equality and equity uh, over the course of the last several months, but it was before that that it was a notable and provocative interest. So I appreciate you making the clear uh, distinction between equality and equity. And so when you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, how is it that you actually go about a typical day at Aerotech um, leading that effort? What, what, what is it that a, a DNI, a DEI leader actually gets involved with? Uh, so the the biggest component i would say is that you are looking at enterprise wide as far as the things you get involved with within the organization so whether that be talent acquisition whether that be talent development um whether that be anything having to do with how we um, work with our corporate social responsibilities and how we show up in like the the neighborhoods and in, in the areas in the communities of which where we reside um a day in a life I, I would say that's one of the things i love about it uh dr von is that you know, um, there is no two days that are the same. That is for sure. I, have, I can honestly say that the entire time I've been in this space, I can never say, well, man, that, you know, Tuesday felt just like Wednesday. Like, no, not, not at all. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely a, a, an ever-moving, ever-changing mark. Um, so what, what you're really trying to do is really just be the voice of, you know, of reason and fairness uh, within any organization that it is. You know, you want to look at, the different ways that you go about it. When you talk about like, hey, what's, what's a day in a life look like every single day? Um, it's just understanding the importance of um, the different companies and, 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 and making sure people understand how you are uniquely positioned to lead those efforts and making sure that not only as just as a person of color, but a person who understands the importance of companies being mindful of the challenging or the changing demographics we have in this country. And, you know, since you're being mindful about those things, um, it's about the way that, you know, that in which diversity is acknowledged and, and included in, in, in everything that you do it and how you be and how you kind of present yourself every single day. And, and ultimately just being an arbitrary of fairness for the company. So you're working with a lot of leaders so that they can uh, make sure that they're there for um, to, to be able to present their best selves and make sure people can present their best selves to work every single day and that the way they feel very comfortable in what they do. Wow. So there, there's so many headlines that uh, I took away from that information. And so in a nutshell, it sounded like you said that the DNI, uh, DEI leader, especially the way that you approach it, is an arbiter of intentional, mindful 
fairness across the enterprise. I think that that is really something that uh, we all can agree is critically important for not only the sustainability of any organization, but for you to actually be a leader in the sector that your organization is in. So uh, really pivotally important role uh, that you serve. So really glad that there is someone uh, like you who is able to actually have such impact. So that was the one D. So now I'm going to get into the other D. <laughs> that is the DJing. Uh, so, um, you know, I got to ask, how did you get the moniker DJ? <laughs> but before I go there, when did you first know that you wanted to be a DJ? How, how did that come about? Um, I didn't. Um, honestly, I, I just wanted to be where the fun was at. Uh, I just wanted to be where the party was at. And, um, you know, me having a love for music the way that I did, I started, I started hanging around a lot of DJs. And like I said, they got to, you know, more towards the beginning, you know, it's like, hey, you want to hang around? And since you're here, you might as well carry a crate. Okay, cool. Well, carrying the crate was what got me into the party. And so I didn't have to pay to get into the party. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then, you know, what? after a while, I realized that, hey, if you're actually the one who is behind the wheels and kind of controlling the party, you get to play what you want to play and how you want to play. And I was like, oh, OK, uh, which, by the way, is mistake 101. We'll talk about that later. Mistake 101 <laughs> of being a DJ, you don't get to just play what you want to play. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> but... <laughs> But that's what I thought at the time. And so how I got into it, though, is that um, because I started off, like I mentioned, playing the drums, I had a, a, a knack for being able to kind of just catch rhythms and catch beats and understand, you know, just the science behind, you know, what it means to be like in an eight beat rhythm or 16 beat measures and, and understanding like how, me how music measures and I read music as well. So, you know, it, it was made, made it easier for me to kind of understand how those things went together. Um, I think it, how I really got into it is that, believe it or not, um, I started truly testing my skills as a DJ by doing um, uh, Latin music, salsa, merengue, bachata. That's the first time I really started getting behind the wheels and really starting understanding um, and, and getting good at it. And I don't speak a lick of Spanish, so so I can put that out there ahead of time, Dr. Vlad. I don't. That's not. I, I, I'll be the last person to tell you that. Uh, but I, I could catch the beats, and I understood how the beats were. And what I didn't understand at the time, which is definitely giving me how I get to like you know getting to my name and everything, is just the fact that that's a very difficult. Uh, that style of music has a little bit of an offbeat, so it's on every third beat, which versus every fourth beat, like you hear in, in typical pop or hip hop songs. The salsa beat falls on every third beat. So being able to blend that music together is, is definitely a skill because it's, it's more about making sure it all runs together and sounds like one clean song. So um, I, I just, I, I, when I said I was hanging around so many other DJs and I saw them doing it and I really, every time they'd walk away or at the end of the night or the beginning of the night, I would be the one over there kind of playing around and seeing if I could do it. And then they would push me to the side and say, okay, you don't know what you're doing, move out the way and the real DJs would start working. But that, that's what it is in anything that you do. You, you start off slow and you start off coming up on things. And so um, I decided at that point that I wanted to invest back into myself. And as I was working at a, uh, I was a caddy at a, a Detroit golf club at the time. And I made, uh, instead of spending my money on clothes, I started to spend my money on records mm. and, and started spending my money on equipment and, and trying to figure out how I can, uh, how I can be that guy. Cause I, I was just really, I thought it was so much fun to, and, you know, Mark, some of this may sound kind of bad, but I thought it was pretty cool to be able to tell 
you know, a hundred people in a room to throw your hands up in there and they throw their hands up in there. I was like, wow, you can tell them move left and then they move left. It was great. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So DJ Smooth uh, could put these, uh, these, uh, beats or these these uh the different music together smoothly uh yes. forget that um and uh i thought it was really interesting you said that you started out getting in the room by serving uh, i'll carry the crate and the crates got me in the room so so there's something instructive in that that is beyond djing for sure uh but uh here you are um Motown guy, hip hop guy. So gotta ask you, how is it that you cut your teeth on Latin sounds? How'd that come about? Um, it's, it's interesting, it rolls into um, what I do today and being in, um, this is prior to my, um, I start with Aerotech, I work for a different staffing company. And this was actually down in North Carolina at the time. Um, I lived down in North Carolina for a couple of years, and um, the majority of the people who actually worked for uh, the, the staffing company that I was working for at that time, the people that we put to work, were all um, Latino. A majority of them was like 85% Latino. And one of the gentlemen who we got really got really cool with, he was just a just a cool guy. He would invite us out to come watch him DJ. He was one of the local DJs there, and, but he also worked at the, the the plant that we had him working at as well. And um, ironically enough, you know, he, he ended up having a situation where he wasn't, uh, he, he was going to have to, he, he was looking for a place to stay. And at the time we had an extra room at the house and I said, Hey, you know, you can always, you know, just crash over here. And he, he came and he brought all his equipment. So, you know, Dr. Von, you know, he had all his equipment set up right there for me to, to mess around with. And so, you know, but all the music he had was Latin music. So, when you didn't, when when you're not bringing anything to the table, you got to deal with what you have and put it in front of you, and you work with that. So, um, but I started to grow a love for that music and an understanding of what it really meant to to that culture, and so um, that that's where it all started at for me. Is that you know I started working with him, and you know he started showing me a couple of tricks to the trade, and you know uh, one day he literally said, "Hey, I got to run to the bathroom," and he didn't come back for an hour. Uh, he said, Hey, just play a couple of songs for me. And you know, he's had to set me up, Dr. Brian. I don't, I wasn't really appreciative of that, but that was his way of throwing me into the fire because I didn't think I was ready yet. And he was just like, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And he literally left me up there for an hour on playing music that I wasn't knowing, you know, but I, it, it worked out. So. So clearly he saw something in you that allowed him to put his own reputation on the line and leave you up there. Uh, so uh, think about this. When you are Donnell Campbell versus DJ Smooth, what's the difference? Or are they one and the same? Um, if you were to ask me this question 20 years ago, I would say they are two different people. Um, but now they're, they're one and the same. Um, and I think that's just an evolution of who I've become um, as, as just as, as a man. Um, I would say before I wasn't maybe as comfortable people knowing me as DJ Smooth if in the work environment, because I just didn't, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know how people would feel about that or how they would react to that. Um, you know, he's a DJ. What does that mean? You know, there might be some negative connotation to it. Does that mean he hangs out all night? Maybe he doesn't work as hard, you know, those kind of things. So I, I, I created all these narratives in my head of what I thought it might mean if I was to go down the path of people even knowing that I DJ. And then it, it you know, um, ironically enough, it was an event 
like uh, some of the STEM events that you know we brought up, or that be Bay of Women of Color, um, that uh, that's probably the first time um, my counterparts even found out. And at that time, I think I'd been working for the company for twelve years, maybe or twelve or thirteen years, mm. and that was the first time they ever even knew that I DJ. And they were like, "Wait a minute, I, what are you doing? I, I didn't I didn't realize you did that." So um, so today they're one and the same because um, I'm very proud of both of them. I'm very proud of, you know, who DJ Smooth is. I'm very proud of who Donnell Gamble is. And, you know, there's no reason for one to uh, be, in, be in the spotlight or, or be the shadow of one of the other. So um, they're one and the same. Very cool. And so I think that uh, it is interesting, the evolution that you just mentioned over the course of the 20 years uh, or so that this all happened, that the one and the same actually became embraced. Uh, So we don't necessarily think of STEM when we think about DJing. Uh, unless you actually realize that there are some pretty sophisticated uh, kinds of equipment that DJs use. So can you talk to us a little bit about the technical side of of DJing and and that whole intersection between music and science and technology? Absolutely. We've come such a long way in this space from, you know, I mentioned earlier about carrying, you know, crates of, of records um, and, and using that as the way that we got sound out to people. And, you know, when we did that, there was a level of connection that you have to make. So one of the things you talked about when I first started DJing, what that looked like for me. So from a, from a you know, STEM side of things, you had to know where everything went. So whether that was being, hey, how does the input and outputs work? Where, does he, where, where do you have to run different channels to? Um, knowing about ohms, which is the amount of music that comes out, and then how much wattage of each different speaker comes out. Um, those things were extremely important and they will still will remain important um, to this day because if you put if you push too much wattage out to a speaker that, that is not able to hold that much wattage, that's when you hear the terminology of, hey, that person blew their speaker. Well, mm-hmm. you know, they, they blew it because they tried to push too much power out. And the way that it works is that truly your, your mixing board is what drives how much power is actually getting pushed to each one of those speakers as they go out. And when that power goes out, if you're not if you're not cautious of what those what that ratio needs to be, and and you know now that you say it that way, doing some very quick math on what that needs to look like, um, you can wind up making a very expensive mistake uh, because the 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 mixer that you're pushing out with only knows to just push. That's its job is to push electricity and to push voltage out to that particular speaker. Um, so it doesn't know when it's too much. Only you know by the, the the reactors that are on there now. Now there's there's mechanisms in place where they have things where actually will shut it off if it gets too hard, or, or the, you know the the, the 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 speaker itself will actually just kind of calm down for a minute. Then it'll end up picking back up. But um, and they even have you know uh, ways that you can look at the waveforms to understand like what portions of the 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 song will actually be higher or lower than the others. Um, now again, back in the day when I first started those things weren't around. So you just had to have an ear for it and you had to be, you know, make sure that you weren't, you know, weren't pushing things too far. And, and trust me, if you ever push things too far, all you have to do is one time. You only need to do it one time and you realize <laughs> she never do. You won't make that mistake again. And you realize how, how expensive that mistake is. But, um, and, and on top of that, I would, the only other thing I would probably say to wrap it up would just be um, the amount of technology that goes into building what are now the turntables of today. Um, there is so much um, engineering that is involved in 
how quickly the response time is, um, how things are wired to, whether that be um, making a song repeat, making it make double beats, um, putting effects on it. All those kind of things are ran through the circuit boards and those boards are then programmed. And so what a lot of folks don't see is there's a lot of programming that DJs do before they even make the first, before they even turn on the first record. There's a lot of things we put in place to make sure that it's actually set up the right way and structured the right way to where we can have the sound hit the way we want it to hit when we want that particular song to play. I'm telling you, so, so now we know how this fits into High Tech Sunday because that was a high tech explanation that you, you, we usually think of, some folks, we think of DJ, you show up, you push a button and play a song. Uh, and you just really uh, ended that mythology for all of us who uh, were so uninformed. You mentioned something a few minutes ago about uh, my word, the power that the DJ can have over a crowd uh, so that when you say throw your hands in the air and you see 300 people do it, uh, it really is um, influential in a sense. And so uh, when you think about the fact that it is a relational kind of job that you have. Um, can you speak to how it is that you are able to draw upon the kinds of connection that you make with your audiences as DJ Smooth and the kind of connection you have to make with people in order for them to get on the same page with you as a DEI leader, Dr. Von, great, great question. Um, I, I, I think it actually starts with. I'll start it with the music, right? Um, so, regardless of what genre of music you're talking about, it doesn't matter if you're talking about hip hop, you're talking about country, you're talking about rock. Um, they all there. There's certain things. There's certain the beats to the measure and all those kind of things don't change. Like that is that is a that's ever consistent. So regardless of whatever kind of music that you're playing, you can literally blend two different types of genre music together um, and still come up with a with a beautiful sound. Um, and it, sometimes you mean sometimes you think about like, hey, why why in the world would would you play you know a Willie Nelson song with with Run DMC? Well, you 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 guess what? Those two crowds probably don't are probably not usually in the same place a lot of a lot of times but as a dj you can bring those two places together and so for me blending music is just as simple as it is when when you transfer that over into the dni space it's the same thing when you talk about blending people together you know people are people and sometimes we like to think now they're different in the way that you know their style and things of that nature but at its core very similar to how we talked about like how many beats are in a measure it's the same. People are, are still just people when it's all said and done. And I think once you can get people to understand that you can coexist and you can blend together and make a beautiful sound together it, 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 and really actually attract everybody versus only attracting one genre. So um, that, that's where it kind of comes at for me. Wow. I, I really, really enjoyed that thread that you just drew for us because I think all of us have had the occasion um, when we've said, wow, uh, that let, let's say that party, that event, that it was kind of dry. Um, and you point to the DJ um, as having been uh, perhaps the thing or the, the person that influenced the dryness. And then uh, you could have been at a, an event that was dry until the DJ kind of got things um, 
exciting and, and, and really lit up, if you will. And, and I think that that applies in the D&I space as well. Uh, and, and so that's the thread that, that you kind of just drew for us. Uh, so I'm going to ask you uh, one more question maybe before we uh, shift to uh, the next segment. When you are looking at the technology once again, and you think about the reality that we have experienced over the course of the last year, let's say, um, where gatherings have uh, been at some points non-existent uh, to them being a lot smaller uh, than they might otherwise be to the, due to the pandemic. How is it that you are able to continue to have the impact uh, on the entertainer side when the way that we kind of connect and show up has gotten a lot different, necessarily so, uh, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, Dr. Vaughn, I, I would say that um, connections are, are things that, that need to be genuine, right? And I think that... Um, if you're waiting, if, if you waited until now to start, you know, being that person that connected with people, then you, you probably would be behind. Um, but <clears throat> I think that um, what has worked for me and what I've seen has worked with a lot of other DJs is that most of us have connections that we already had in place or followings or whatever you want to call it that we've already had in place prior to COVID actually coming, coming about. And those followings come from people just enjoying what you do. They think you do a very good job at it and they want to, you know, continue to hear it. And in times like that we're in right now, um, there a lot of times it, it's things like that are what uplifts people. I, I think of, you know, um, one of the most uh, common ones that you hear about it is D nice right now where he's on, he's on, uh, he's on Instagram and he just wanted to create a place where people could just, just stop and get away um, from, from everything that they're seeing that's going on in the world right now. And if you really think about it, that's most of the time when people go see DJs, when they want to go hang out, that's kind of things, it's their time to get away. And so um, we've been blessed with a gift. Um, and and I, I do believe that it's definitely a gift in order for you to be a DJ. It's not as simple as just pushing some buttons and doing those things. So you've been given with a gift. And, and, you know, I'm under the impression that, you know, if God gives you a gift and you decide not to use it, then shame on you uh, because he can very quickly take it away from you. Um, and so if you're not appreciative of the things that God has given you and you don't use that to the best of your ability, then, you know, that that's something that you have to answer for later. And so, um, again, referencing back to my mom, uh, she was very big on, you know, make sure you make the best out of every situation that you put yourself that, that you find yourself into, because you just don't know when your last days may be. So you might as well, you know, go, go big or go home type of deal. Absolutely. And so uh, use it or lose it is what I took, <laughs> what I took away from that. Uh, and, and so, uh, again, I'm, I'm a headlines kind of guy. So uh, I heard you say from your mom, uh, keep God first, represent yourself well. And along the way, uh, another uh, truth that you embrace is diversity is not an option. And now you're saying that if you've got the gift, if God has invested in you, you've got to make sure that the return on that investment is high. And uh, I think 
a big clarifier is that you don't just necessarily DJ in a room full of hundreds of people, uh, that the gift of DJing can be across technology and still provide an escape uh, for people uh, from the challenges of the, the, the real challenges of the world that we are finding ourselves in today. Uh, so I'm going to hand things off to Lango Dean, my co-host, and uh, I'll be back in a little bit. But for now, hey, Lango, how you doing? I'm very well, Dr. Vaughn. How about you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm enjoying this conversation with DJ Smooth. I can tell. <laughs> and he, he is so smooth, really, in his <laughs> delivery, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn, Lango Dean, and our special guest, DJ, owner of Tech3 Productions and head of diversity and inclusion for Aerotech, Donnell Campbell, aka DJ Smooth. This week's episode is brought to you by the Bayer STEM Conference. Now, a word from our sponsor. becomes clear. The opportunities ahead, the visions, and the dreams. I will be the last of all. The hope of what's in reach. Imagine the possibilities. It's the essence of science, of technology, world of careers unleashed. Everything you need to bring out the best in your career, you can get at Bayer. Bayer, becoming everything you are. Again, this week's episode is brought to you by the Bea STEM Conference. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Um, welcome, DJ Smooth, um, aka Mr. Donnell Campbell. Um, as you know, Aerotech is a great recruiter at the Black Engineer of the Year Awards science, technology, engineering, math, STEM conference. Um, they really support diversity. Um, they're hiring managers, they're corporate recruiters, they're talent advisors, the people who speak seminars and award shows. So my, my question is, how should a younger audience that is thinking of coming to Bayer think about DJing as a career versus as a hobby? Hmm. Lego, great, great question. Um, 
I think that, um, and, and I would say this whether, whether we were talking about DJing or, any, or anything else, I think a large part of whatever it is that, that you do or where you decide to take your life or your career um, really needs to be built into, you know, your passions, like follow your passions in life. Uh, because, uh, you know, I can't remember who it was that said it, but it was like, hey, find something that you're good at and then get real, then get great at it and then find a way to make money by doing it. And so um, for me, if anybody would, you know, to ask to answer your question around like, hey, you're you know, turning from a career to a hobby. Um, I don't, DJing was never a hobby for me um, it, because I knew from the first time I saw somebody do that and realized that I learned that I could do it, that I could, that I, I wanted to do it no matter what. Right. And so um, I guess technically you could say that that was you know, looked at as a hobby, but I also realized that there was a way for me to be able to be able to build out my own career from that as well, because I, I thought that it was going to be something that if you would have asked me my, my younger self, if, I would have been a DJ or a DEI uh, <laughs> executive that I would have told you I would have been a DJ. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I just I just followed the path that was put in front of me, and, and that's what the same advice I would give to any younger audience as well is that there are paths put in front of you for a reason. Um, investigate those paths and then figure out which one is best for you. But um, you know I, I don't think you should ever um, go down the path of just settling for anything to be a hobby when you can if you can be great at it. Great. Um, so, so if you're a young person today and you're interested in becoming a DJ, um, what are the first steps you should take? I know one of the steps that you said, one of the biggest mistakes that you talked about was that don't ever think that you can play whatever you want. That is a num number one no-no. But yes. what are the things that you should do if you want to become a DJ and a good DJ at that? Um. I think number one, just again, just like anything else in life that you're going after, you need to study your craft. Um, this is something that you say you want to go after. Um, don't just get caught up into the DJs that you might see like in your neighborhood or just people that you see that are out on you know, social media right now. Like do your homework. Go back and realize, this, you know, what kind of where, where this whole thing started from and why um, this, this, this was put into place and why people actually started to have, you know, the, the, the disc jockeys come, come out and, and actually be the ones who kind of, you know, move the crowd. Um, and, and so that would be the first thing I would tell somebody to do. Number two, I would tell them is to make sure that you understand that this is an investment. Um, you know, these are the kind of things that like, just like a lot of things in life, you're not going to see instant success. You're going to make a lot of mistakes on the front end, and it's not going to sound great on on the front end. But you have to practice, like that. And that's the that, that's the other component of it too. Practice, 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 and then when you get tired, get up and practice some more. And then when you get tired again, practice some more. I literally, you know, I talked a little bit to Dr. Vaughn about my first time, um, you know, playing in front of a big crowd and and how the DJ just left me up there. But what I failed to mention uh, was that I probably at that time had probably put a solid 120 to 125 hours behind just learning how to blend music um, at the house. So uh, just doing it on my own. So I, I put in the time to be able to do that out in front of a crowd. And so I earned that right to be able to do it in front of a crowd. So those would be the things I would definitely do. And, and, and then also to your point, as, as you mentioned, uh, realize that it's not about you. Um, the, 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 the best DJs, realize that they are there to actually read the crowd, move the crowd, and make the crowd happy. Uh, what you like is irrelevant. 
uh, because it's about what crowd you're in front of at that particular time. Wonderful. So DJing is a craft and what you need to do most of all, like learning to be a pianist or learning to be a guitarist or whatever. You have to practice, 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 and then practice some more. Um, in the conversation with Dr. Vaughn, you talked about the uh, sophistication of much of the technical equipment that you use now. You talked about inputs and outputs. You talked about how much wattage comes out of a speaker. You talked about mixing boards, uh, the mechanisms involved in that. And you know, you talked about the engineering involved in the circuit boards, the programming that DJs need to do. Well, what would you tell young people now in terms of courses that they can take to become good DJs? Um, thank, you, thank, thank you, That that's a great question as well. So I, I think if you want to be, the, some of the best DJs can literally pull from music that you have never heard of. Um, and where I would say is that if a course that would be a good take, that I would say would be good to take is just the history of music. Um, you know, the theories behind music, understanding where those things come from. Because when you do that, you get to learn about all genres of music. What you don't want to do is pigeonhole yourself and be stuck into this category where you can only play one style and be one type of DJ. Uh, there's nothing wrong that if there's something that you that you you know are an expert in or your expertise, but if that's the only thing that you can do, you're limiting yourself as far as what you can do. So some of those courses I would say was definitely take a music course and specifically a course around the history behind music. Learn about classical music, learn about jazz, learn about country. Learn about folk music. Learn about all these different things because that's only only thing that's going to do is help you when you're in the midst of doing a party because then you can pull from different kinds of places in order for you to be able to kind of um, make the party the way that you would like for it to see, you know, you want to see it go. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, I wouldn't have thought, you know, because even with musicians when they're training, it's, I mean, they're, the people who coach them always encourage them to expose themselves to different kinds of uh, music, um, classical music, like you talked about, jazz, country, hip hop, merengue, salsa, whatever. So what are the best practices would you encourage young people to, to pay attention to so they can be, become successful in their art? because it is an art to some extent. Mm -hmm. It's also a craft, but it is an art to some extent. So Lango, I think what, what I would encourage young know, folks to do is never be afraid to invest into yourself. Um, and I, again, I can't stress that enough. Um, you're not going to, if you don't put in the work and the time, we talked about practicing earlier. Well, guess what? You need some equipment to practice on. Um, and so that starts with you actually making, sacrificing some things in order to get the type of equipment that you want to get. Um, I would tell them, don't go out and get the latest and greatest and high, you know, high, the, the, the thing with the shiny, shiny uh, label on it and everything. And get, you know, you see a, a DJ that's been doing this for 30 years. He'd be like, oh, well, you know, he, he bought a, a $3,000 piece worth of equipment. I have to have a $3,000 worth of equipment. Well, guess what? he worked really hard to get to that point where he could get that type of equipment. But I guarantee you that same guy could probably play just as good on the $200 piece of equipment. 
So it, it start, it's, it's about putting your training wheels on before, before anything else. You don't just hop on a bike and start riding. You usually start with some training wheels a little bit. And so I would tell them that it definitely make sure you, you invest into yourself. Get the training wheels on first. And then as you actually start to play for more crowds and then as you start to make money, um, w- without a shadow of a doubt, um, no matter is how much you're – I don't care if you're first – when you first start playing, if you're only making $100 every single time you play. You have to take a portion of that money and invest it back into your craft, whether that be buying music, buying equipment, whatever that looks like, because that's how you're going to grow and get better. That's wonderful. You know, there's always talk about the hidden rules in in corporate America. And I think the hidden rules in in any organization, um, doesn't matter where. Um, So you you always find yourself, you don't know what you don't know. so what are those hidden rules in DJing that you think that young people should know about? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like to make sure I, I remind myself that some, you know, that we are on a family friendly show. So I'm going to make sure that I, I, I put it in a way that I feel like everybody can, can digest. Um, just because someone thinks that they bring you something for you to either drink or food, whatever, because they want to say they're appreciative of you, doesn't mean that they have your best intentions in mind. So sometimes as a DJ, a lot of people want to kind of thank you or, you know, get you to play their stuff by whether that be tipping you. Now, I'm, take the tips, do that, take the money all the time. But <laughs> when it comes to things like, you know, anybody trying to buy you a drink like that, like if you don't know those people, you don't accept it. Um, that, that, that's one thing. Number two, um, you are there to be the entertainment and, and that's what your job is to keep the party going. It is not your job to be a part of the party. You are to be the person who's orchestrating the party. So if you find yourself actually out there, you know, dancing and, and playing with people more than you are DJing, then you're probably not doing that well. Um, you know, you can have fun with it. You need to enjoy yourself, those kind of things. Uh, and then lastly, which actually should be number, which should be number one and kind of going back to one of the questions you asked before about courses you should take, make sure you become, uh, very comfortable in public speaking. Um, public speaking courses can take you a very long way when it comes to becoming a DJ and being, and being really good at it, because then that helps you as they say, you know, in the words of, of rock him, MC means move the crowd. Well, it also means master of ceremony. And so you have to be able to be that person who also who's able to tell the crowd when they need to settle down, when it's time for them to have a great time. Because every every time you DJ may not be a a bar or a club. It may be a wedding. It may be a corporate party. It may be some announcements that you have to make. So, you know, get your vernacular together. Make sure that you can speak to every type of crowd that's out there and and speak with some clarity and make sure that you um, don't make it about yourself. That's great. Um, this is my last question before I turn it back to Dr. Vaughn. You have been a success on so many levels uh, in the mu- music scene, local, national, international, you know, to, to, to a great, you know, to a great extent, I think. And you've also, you're also a success um, within corporate America in the diversity and inclusion um, um, community. So what are the keys to your, to your success? Um, what tips would you give people mm-hmm. who look to someone like you and say, I want to be like that one day? What tips would you give them and what are the keys to your success? 
Um, wow. Lego, when, when you talk about, um, one, thank you for that, um, because uh, I think sometimes as you go along, and this is probably one of my keys to success is that I, I think you have to be humble. So when somebody tells you, oh, you've been successful, like, you know, for me, I, I don't look at it that way all the time because I, I'm, I'm too busy trying to be humble about it. It's making sure that I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's what in my mind is what I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, not that I'm doing anything special than anybody else's. So, um, so one, be humble, but then also at the same time, recognize the value that you bring. Um, and that's been one of the things that has helped me be successful as well is that um, I've had some great mentors and, and that's the other thing, get a mentor. Um, and, and when I say get a mentor, I don't mean just a mentor about your job. You should need a mentor for every stage in your life. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, I'll get, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm getting married this year. I have someone who's my marriage mentor. Um, I have someone who's my personal mentor. I have someone who's my business mentor. Um, and, 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 you know, those folks have played a large part into me being the man that I am today because without them, um, I probably would have made some decisions that probably wouldn't have been in within my best interest. So um, I think looking for um, seeking out mentorship, being humble and making sure that um, you deliver on your promises. Um, that would probably be the last thing I would say as well is that you have to, if you make a commitment and you say you're going to be somewhere, you be there. Uh, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Uh, that's how you gain respect. That's how people view you as someone that they can count on. And that's how people say that, hey, I, I, I can trust this person to running my organization when it comes to uh, leading in these efforts, because I know this person has shown a history of being of doing that. Thank you. Uh, trust is so very important. Um, keeping it real, keep humble or, you know, staying humble. Um, and, you know, January is mentoring month. So it's I'm so pleased that you emphasize the importance of having so many different kinds of mentors business mentors, personal mentors, professional mentors, you know, it doesn't matter what, always have somebody who you can turn to and ask for good advice. Um, so thank you so much. It's been really great talking to you. Um, I'm going to turn it back now to Dr. Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn. Thanks so much, Lango. And uh, again, Mr. Campbell, really uh, learning so much from your journey and the insights that you've gained as we were listening to you and Lango and how you responded to that question about the keys to success, those keys will open doors to just about any field, any career. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, even more clear how it is that your DJ life, if you will, informs your DE&I life and vice versa. So how it all comes together uh, as Donnell and DJ Smooth being one and the same. Uh, so we got a few minutes left. And uh, uh, as we mentioned before the show, want to have a little fun with you uh, with kind of a lightning round. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I'm sure uh, there are going to be responses that come top of mind. So here we go. Okay. What's your favorite genre of music to play? Hip hop. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite artist to play? Jay Z. How about your favorite song? Uh, These three words by Stevie Wonder. Wow. Okay. Uh, so let's flip it a little bit. What's your least favorite genre? Uh, it would have to be heavy metal. Okay. <laughs> uh, best gig you've ever played for? 
best gig I've ever played for would uh, have to be my niece's wedding. Um, I mean, can't get, can't get much better than that. Wow. No pressure there. Um, <laughs> how about your worst gig? Um, probably my first gig. <laughs> <laughs> Understand that. Um, so how about your favorite DJ moment so far? Um, my favorite DJ moment, um, really comes from a place of, um, it, it, my son who, um, unfortunately is no longer with us, um, was, he came to me, um, when he was 16, he passed away when he was 16, but right before he passed away, um, he went with me on a gig and, um, it was about an hour, hour away. And, uh, I just remember to drive back. And we came back and he was like, dad, I didn't, I didn't realize you were that good. You were actually pretty good. Hmm. Uh, and, and that was to me, like, you know, just because he was there and, and to get anyone that has children knows that, you know, to, to sneak a praise out of a, out of a teenager is almost impossible. So uh, <laughs> for that, that, that had to by, by far probably be my favorite, my favorite moment. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Hmm. And um so how about this question? If you could have a conversation with any artist, uh, mm -hmm. either present or past, so living or passed on, who would you pick and why? Oh, that's easy. That would be Prince, mm -hmm. or the artist formerly known as. And why? Um, I just, I am marveled and astounded by that man's musical genius. Um, the fact that he could play any instrument, um, the fact that he could, um, it, it, it kind of relates to what we talked about, about being, being a DJ. Um, I don't care if you're a country lover or anything like that. Everybody loves a Prince song. There, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who says, I can't think of a Prince song that I actually like. Um, and I think more importantly than his music was the way that he went about um, the work of teaching artists that you don't have to be under a label in order for you to be successful. He showed many artists the way of how to become entrepreneurs. If you ever read the, the, you know, the book about Jay-Z, Jay-Z mentioned the fact that the, he, he took, he literally took the blueprint from, from Prince on how to become an independent artist. Um, and we see what Jay-Z has become today. So for me, it, it, would, it would have to be Prince because I mean, he just paved the way for so many people um, that, that don't even realize it. That's really cool. And, and I think the history there, uh, again, is, is just so compelling. So we want to give you the last word, uh, but before we do that, uh, is there a way that, uh, our listeners can follow you? Do you have a website or, uh, Twitter, Instagram? How, how can folks, uh, especially DJ Smooth, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> how, how can people stay connected to you? Um, my, well, the, the website is, uh, for the company I, I run is tech three productions. So it's tech three productions.com. Uh, that would be, you know, the, the best way to kind of get in contact with me for anything like that. Uh, but from a social media standpoint, you can follow me on, uh, Detroit's DJ smooth. Um, so, uh, that's on Instagram, Detroit's DJ smooth and as well as a DJ smooth Detroit's DJ smooth on Facebook as well. So, um, that's how you get me. I'm not hard to find. Um, and uh, just follow me on CCG as well. I'm, I'm always hanging out with those guys as well. It's a great place, great company to work with. So, 
I agree with you on that one. <laughs> so, so leave us uh, with a closing thought. What, what would you say to us? Uh, it's the beginning of a new year. Uh, what is a word of encouragement or inspiration or even challenge uh, that you could leave us with as we wrap up? Um, I think I will, I will probably end where I started. We, I started talking about my mom. So I'm going to reference back to a statement that she always um, made to me, and, it, and it's something that I live by. Um, if you want something, if you want something bad enough, you'll, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you'll find it, you'll find an excuse. Hmm. That is uh, what we would say, I guess, in the GJ world, uh, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Donnell Walton, I'm sorry, Donnell Campbell, uh, DJ Smooth, we have really enjoyed spending time with you today. So on behalf of myself, uh, Lango Dean, uh, and the folks at CCG who allow us to have the opportunity for these high-tech Sunday conversations, thank you so much and all the best to you in this new year. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We're going to hand things back to Brandon Newby to see us out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.